I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. And welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Kevin McNamara and Hunter Boss. Well, it is a massive week for MMA Island. Obviously, we won't drop any news here, but it's good stuff's happening. Uh, you'll find out about it very soon. And we're excited here on the MMA Island Podcast. So let's go ahead and get started with the news, regular program. Um, Stipe versus John Jones, rumored fight for July. Um, it's been talked about many a time before, but maybe... Just maybe this time it might actually happen. Hunter, what are your thoughts on this? Boys, they must be listening to my podcast and especially <laughs> my heavyweight breakdown because this is what I imagined happening. You know, I, I imagine this fight would happen in yeah. the summer. Here it is happening July fight week, you know, biggest, biggest fight week of the year. And they're having the two biggest competitors on the fight card. I mean, we lost a lot of hype behind this fight due to it being delayed for years and years. But it's finally happening now. You know, John Jones, or well, speculated to finally happening now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, we, got, we got the best light heavyweight of all time, no doubt about it. John Jones fighting the best heavyweight of the UFC era, uh, Stipe Miocic, in one of the, the most entertaining fights of this year. You know, this is going to be extremely back and forth. I We, all, we talked about in the podcast multiple times on who's going to win this fight, and we're still coming up uh, – you know, not with the unanimous decision here. We're, we're still, we're differing with each other, you know. Yeah. John Jones, one of the best of all time, has some of the best fight IQ to ever, you know, grace the octagon. But Stipe Miocic, he's, no one's ever seen what Stipe is doing in that, in that octagon and having three uh, consecutive title defenses. Though he has lost the belt, he's ready to get it back in this interim title fight come July. Yeah, this is very exciting. Um, <clears throat> there's sort of two moving parts to this, as there always is. Mm -hmm. And there's the fact that it's been rumored and whether it will actually happen. Basically, that's where my head's at with this. For the first part, I couldn't agree much more with what Hunter's just said. It's a great fight. It really, really is. It's a fight more than worthy of an interim title fight. I think that would be amazing. If John Jones wins an interim title, you know, Dana White, you know, just pees himself with excitement. <laughs> if Stipe wins it, he's back. Do we get the Ngannou rematch eventually? There's a lot of different avenues we can go with this. And in that regard, I like what they're doing. Now, that leads me directly onto the caveat to this whole lovely story. And that's whether it actually happens or not. And this is far too valid of a concern to not be mentioned because John Jones has been rumored to be in every fight for about two years and none of them have happened. So you will have to forgive my skepticism just a little bit when it comes to Johnny Bones. Now, I mean, we've had Ngannou rumors, Cyril Gan rumors. Uh, we've had pretty much every other rumor there could have been and none of them have happened. But... There have been more murmurings about Stipe. This fight has been talked about a little bit more than the others. Maybe there's some traction to it. I don't know. But if it did happen, I would watch it. I would be very excited to see it. 
personally, and this is very, very, very early. This is very preliminary because the fight has not even been confirmed. There aren't even strong enough rumors yet. But if we were to even remotely try and tackle this early on, both guys would have issues. Stipe Miocic is coming towards the twilight of his career. I think that's fair to say. He's coming off a pretty savage loss to Francis Ngannou. John Jones is going up to a division he's never been to before. He looks really, really, really heavy. Will he be able to be the same old John Jones? There's X, there's Y, there's Z. Take them all in a bag, throw it out the window, because we don't know what we're talking about at this point yet. But one thing's for sure, I'm very excited. And if the rumors are true, and if it happens, which I don't think it will, but if it does happen, I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I think this is a great matchup, honestly. I, I, I'm This is whenever the, John Jones said he was going to move up to heavyweight, which was over two years now, right? Over two years ago. Um, he said he was going to move up for, to heavyweight. Uh, I was the first fight I, I, off the top of my head was Stipe, right? And Stipe was the champion at that time. But even after Stipe lost to Nganu, I was like, yeah, Stipe. Just because it's just the perfect not only just matchup, but storylines. Well, you have the greatest heavyweight of all time versus the greatest light heavyweight of all time. Match them up together. They're they're so well-rounded. These guys are, there's a reason why they were the best in their respective divisions is because of how well-rounded they are, how good they are at everything. The really only, the, the question is, now it might be Stipe's age a little bit, but that's one loss to Francis Ngannou that we're talking about. I still think he's okay and can compete. The real questions come from John Jones. We've never seen him fight a heavyweight. He's going to be going up facing a guy who is rightly ranked number one in that division still, the former champion, and, and arguably should have already got a, a title shot rematch against Ngannou. Um, a guy who has phenomenal wrestling, great boxing, which honestly a lot of people would give the boxing advantage to Stipe in this fight just on pure boxing and boxing defense. Um it's a lot of things like match up that equal John Jones. And, and what I, someone commented this uh, on an Instagram post I saw, and I agree with it. The people that have given John Jones problems are people that match his size and his relative ability, namely Alexander Gustafson, Dominic Reyes, uh, and Tiago Santos, but he wasn't even the same size. But as far as size go, Dominic Reyes and Alexander Gustafson, same height, and, and, and relatively, but John Jones might be a little bigger than them. Stipe is going to be bigger than John Jones. It's his natural weight class that he's going to be at. The other thing is, too, not only is it a over two-year, almost three-year layoff for John Jones, it's a whole new weight class. So he's going to be having to figure it out a little bit as it goes on, and he's going to be facing a guy that doesn't have to figure it out. This is his home. This has always been his home as heavyweight. So there's so many questions, but at the same time, and this is John Jones. Who knows what happens? Um, and this is why I hate doing this because I always hype it up. And that's why I picked John Jones on my fantasy team last year and didn't fight one single time. Um, so as far as this happening, I think that if John Jones is ever going to fight, it's, it has to be this summer. He's talked about it. I think this is the, the opportunity. I think if he doesn't fight here, he, he might never fight again. So I think logically it just makes way too much sense for it to happen as opposed to not happen. So I'm going to say it does happen this summer just because if, if this doesn't happen, it's John Jones just doesn't want to do it. That's the only, only reason it wouldn't happen because everything is aligning perfect for UFC 276 in July. Fight week, everything. Throw an int- slap an interim belt on there. You got a fight that everyone who's anyone in MMA is going to watch. 
So, yeah. Um, with that, let's go ahead and transition to the best of the best. Um, and on the fight week previously, uh, we had Bilal Muhammad upset Vicente Luque. I was shocked. Um, but, hey, credit to him. He won the fight fair and square. How would he do against the top three in welterweight? Hunter, what do you think? Not good. <laughs> um, well, let's let's just go through name by name. Actually, you know what? That's 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 a lot of time. I'll just summarize it up. Yeah, I think that the top five of the welterweight division, what Bilal has is wrestling, and we saw yeah. that on uh, Saturday's fight night. Yeah. So, w- what does Bilal have to offer to the top five of the division here? We see other better wrestlers in that division in Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman. Hamza Chimaev, and the name, the list goes on. And yeah. I can even name like wrestlers outside of the top five that I think Bilal Muhammad would have trouble with. Um, I think the only person in the top five who's not really a wrestler is Leon Edwards. And we saw what happened to Leon or to Bilal Muhammad after Leon Edwards got his hands on him. So I don't think he'd do great in that matchup. I think this is about as far as Bilal Muhammad can go. And I've been saying this because I'm still not on that Bilal Muhammad <laughs> hype train yet. And because he hasn't shown me anything new that I haven't seen from Bilal Muhammad. Everyone in the top five is always improving. Bilal Muhammad still looks great. He just doesn't look like he's getting better. You know, he, he doesn't look like he's getting – it looks like his striking is getting a little bit better. Like every time I go out there, it looks like his striking is getting a little bit better. That's the only thing I can say. Uh, his wrestling looks to be – it looks like good wrestling. I'll, I'll admit it. It looks like great wrestling. But I can just think of so many better wrestlers in the top five. Hamza Jamayev would be a nightmare for Bilal Muhammad because he's too strong for him. He can wrestle too, and he can wrestle, I'd say, just as good as Bilal. And with that size advantage and that strength advantage, it's going to be trouble for him. Um, Colby Covington is too persistent. I mean, if Bilal – I know we see that Bilal can make it to the five rounds. Colby Covington will make it there to the five rounds and then five more after that. Colby Covington has not only great wrestling but a great endurance. I don't think Colby Covington – I mean, uh, Bilal Muhammad has what it takes to even take on Colby Covington that. I think this is as far as it goes for him. I mean, I, I, I've, I've speculated and I've looked at it a few different times. I just don't see anyone in that top five division that Bilal can beat on paper. Yeah, I, go, I actually do agree with Hunter in this. I actually thought I would disagree. But when I saw the Vicente Luque fight, I actually am with Hunter in this, I have to say. If we consider the top four of the welterweight division, not counting the champion Kamaru Usman, just pretty much number one ranked through number four ranked, we have Colby Covington, Kamzat Shemaev, Gilbert Burns, and Leon Edwards. Out of those four, who can you genuinely see Bilal Muhammad beating? Because I can't see him beating any of them. I really don't. Leon Edwards, when they... All right, yes, it, it was unfortunately <laughs> stopped because of an eye poke, no contest, all that kind of stuff. But let's not forget, in that first round, Leon Edwards was beating him to every punch and to every kick and was making his stand-up look borderline amateurish. He was half a second slow to every shot that was thrown. Kamzat Shemaev, the number three ranked welterweight, good lord, that would be a mess, in my humble opinion. You know, Shemaev is massive. His pressure is massive. And I think he would end up breaking Bilal Muhammad. I really do. Gilbert Burns, I think, would be a nightmare fight. In fact, I think that would be his easiest fight out of the top four, Gilbert Burns. And that's only because Gilbert's a natural 155er who's up at 170 and doing remarkably well, might I add, for someone who came from 155. 
I think <clears throat> I think if I had to put any of my own money on Bilal fighting any of the top four, I think it would be Gilbert Burns only because they size up pretty similarly. But in terms of skill, I think Gilbert Burns would still beat him there. I genuinely do. And let's not even talk about Colby Covington because good lord, Colby Covington. Colby Covington is so is that good of a wrestler. He's a nightmare for any style, let alone someone whose wrestling is not as good as Colby Covington's. That tells you you have a real problem. And whether you love Colby Covington, whether you hate Colby Covington, you cannot deny how good the guy is. He is a fantastic fighter. And like Hunter said, Colby Covington could go for five rounds without breaking a sweat. He could probably jog around the arena car park, go back in and fight five more if he really had to. In fact, if we were living in the era of pride tournaments still, Colby Covington would probably win all of them because his endurance and his toughness and his ability to stay in the fight and pressurize is unlike any I've ever seen, nearly from anybody. So when we when we look at the top four and we're realistic, as Hunter was, can you genuinely see Bilal Muhammad beating any of them? Because my answer to that is, and I'm sorry to say this, I can't. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys 100%. Uh- I think that if Vicente Luque let his hands go, like in the third round, he would have won the fight. Like in the third, he won the third round because he finally started letting his hands go and he rocked him like three times. Every single time he touched him, he was rocking Bilal Muhammad. He just wouldn't let his hands go. I thought the pressure was actually good. He could get up from the takedowns. It's just like the majority of the fight was so frustrating because Vicente Luque had him backed up and was just not doing anything. And I know it's so tough because there was no wide open opening, but Oh, it was it was hard to watch because, you know, if he would just let his hands go, that could be it. So, yeah, no, I agree with you guys. Uh, I think, honestly, to so, yeah, Burns would, would win. Burns, I think, is better everywhere. I, I, I Grappling-wise, look, pure takedowns, maybe you go Muhammad, but it goes to the ground. Burns could tap him. Uh, on the feet, Burns, no question about it. Um, just in general, I, I think Burns. Uh, Shemaev, yeah, we don't even talk about that. Colby, same thing. We're not even mentioning Usman because there's no reason to even talk about that. Um, uh, who, Leon Edwards, we saw that. We literally saw Leon Edwards. We, we saw that fight happen. So, um, for me, honestly, I think the best test for – now, he's going to most likely get Burns because uh, I think that is the fight to make. He's got to go up now. Um, and Burns is coming off of just an absolute dog fight in the Chimaya fight. So he's going to want one that's like that. And, and it's a good stylistic matchup as well. He could throw it as a fight night main event or as like a pay-per-view, like third fight down fight. Um, and it's solid. It, it, it's, it, it's a solid fight. But I honestly think a, a great matchup for Muhammad would be Sean Brady. And I know yeah. that's really far down the rankings. But uh, like that's just, at least in my opinion, I'm just not impressed yet. I'm, I'm really not. It's just he seems to be really relying on on it his wrestling's good his wrestling's really solid don't get me wrong but i'm not seeing that it factor that you require to have in the top four of welterweight and i don't think he's going to hold on to that fifth ranked position for very long um but again credit to credit to Bala muhammad but i just i don't really see him beating anyone in the top four and really lasting in that five position very long in my opinion i don't know what about Bilal, but i just feel like i, I want to hate on him you know, like I'm, uh, that might be a bad thing, but like I never root for Bilal. I, is it because he's boring? Is it because he's really good at making me look wrong? I don't know, but I'm never rooting for Bilal. I don't. I don't know why. I just yeah. 
Like Jack, you, you summarized it really good in, in your last statement. He doesn't have that it factor for me to really yeah. get behind him. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. There's nothing <laughs> special about it that makes me want to follow below Muhammad. I mean, everything that I've seen from him, Kobe Covington can do. Gilbert yeah. Burns can do, you know. Yeah. There, there's there's like five other welterweights I can name that can be below Muhammad. Not beats, but be. I mean, like this yeah. is, it's not too hard to replicate his style. There's nothing really super unique. He looks like if he combined every single UFC fighter into one, we got Bilal Muhammad right here. You know, he's <laughs> average about everywhere. Yeah. You know, a little yeah. bit, actually, I'd say a little bit above average and everywhere because he is number five, granted. Yeah. But there's something about him that makes me not want to watch this fighter. And I'm going to end it off there. He's like, Hunter, I, know, I know exactly what you dislike about Bilal Muhammad, and it's not something you've even mentioned. It's the fact that he wears sunglasses in the octagon. <laughs> after the no, don't get me wrong. I like sunglasses. I'm a big sunglasses guy, and I wore them pretty much. Oh, that's no. My guy. That's my guy. He had them ready. He knew that's, what time it was. That's the it factor. That's what that's it is it. right there. That's what he I'm thinks sure. the it factor is. is that you just need to put on some sunglasses. You got the it factor. Boom. Exactly. exactly. Hunter, remember the name Boss already more memorable. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I think he has the worst nickname for his personality. Remember the name because there's nothing memorable. And I, I'm not being harsh intentionally, but there just isn't. And Hunter's made a really good point there. You know, if you were to take every aspect of every MMA fighter in the roster, even, even every fighter in the welterweight division, you would come up with Bilal Muhammad. He's like a creative fighter on UFC. I was going to say that. I was gonna that, say that. That is what he's like. If you give him the sunglasses, the you know the good wrestling ability, the decent striking ability, that Bilal Muhammad is what you come up with. We have a saying in this part of the world, I don't know if you do as well, he's a jack of all trades and he's master of none of them. That, that, that's kind of the best thing I can find to sum up Bilal Muhammad. You know, his striking is, it's like, his striking, 6 out of 10. Wrestling, 7 out of 10. You know, defense, 7 out of 10. Stamina, 7 out of 10. He's good in all areas, but he's not spectacular or exciting in any of them. He's not like Hamzat Shemaev, who... Who whose actual wrestling we don't really know about because we haven't seen that much, but he can grab Lee Jing Liang, talk to Dana White, and slam him down. He doesn't have an it factor. He doesn't have an X factor. He doesn't have that one attribute that sets him apart from anything else. He's kind of like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the best way to describe Bilal Muhammad. It's not like like let's use the NBA as an example because people will know what I'm talking about there. I could use my own examples, but no one will get them, and that's fine. <laughs> it's not like he's Steph Curry, who's one of the best three point shooters has ever been. It's not like he's LeBron James, who has this incredible athletic ability and who can dunk on anybody. It, he doesn't have longevity. He's not explosive he's not exciting like when you look at the welterweight division there's a lot of names that stick out like oh Colby Covington I've heard of him you know oh Kamsat Shemaev that's that new guy Gilbert Burns he's just been in a fight of the year when you look at Bilal Muhammad nothing about him screams out to you support me and I know Hunter was trying to be a little bit humorous about that and to his credit he was 
But he does make a good point. There's nothing about Bilal Muhammad that jumps out at you and grabs your attention. He's, it's kind of like, you know, he's just he's just there. He's just a name that's there. Like even lower down, Sean Brady might even be more exciting. I still think Vicente Luque is more exciting. Jorge Masvidal, people still know him, even though he just lost to Colby Covington. The thing with on Bilal Muhammad... Not on the streets, exactly. Jorge's one and no on the streets. We all know the truth. Um, now, the point is with Bilal, and I will end it off here because I'd like to hear what Jack has to say on this as well. The point is, I think you guys both made really great points there as well. There's, there's nothing exciting about Bilal Muhammad, and his fighting reflects his personality. He's good at everything, but he's not he's not great at any of it, you know? And even when it comes to the actual division, he might end up being the gatekeeper for the top five. I think he's good enough to beat people behind him, but I don't see him being good enough to beat anyone in front of him. And yeah, Bilal Muhammad, remember the name? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I might forget it. To be honest, <laughs> it's it's Bilal, well, please please remember my name. It's please remember my name. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I I I think the I, I'm disappointed you said it because I was gonna say the the UFC four thing. It's totally like the creative fighter, but you choose like the average wrestler guy, and it's like that that is Bilal Muhammad. Um, yeah, no, I I I agree with every guys everything you guys are saying. I'm not. It's it's just it's funny because yeah, he's just kind of you know he's there, he's existing. Um. He's just, he's, he's, it's weird. These, and it's funny we're talking about all this. And he just beat Vicente Luque, who was just steamrolling people in the division, which is why I think that, like, personally, I know Hunter, you were saying, like, why you can't go for him. I think personally, it's because of his style and he's beating some of my favorite fighters, like Steven Thompson and Vicente <laughs> Luque back to back. I think yeah. that bothers me a little bit. So, um, look, hey, despite everything we're saying, credit to Bilal Muhammad for being ranked number five at welterweight. Um, but at the same time, Everything we said, I think, is valid. <laughs> no, anyway, so let's go ahead and move on to the pick of the night. And we're also doing the upset of the night now added on for this podcast. So, Hunter, what is your upset of the night and your pick of the night for this? Uh, well, you know, it is a fight night. So, yeah, well, so <laughs> my pick of the night is um, I feel it pretty obvious. It's Jessica Andrade. I yeah, mean, she's a fantastic fighter. She's like the she's like the Colby Covington of the entire women's you know weight divisions all of them like I feel I, like she's always the second best anywhere she goes yeah that good just not championship material and Amanda Lamos is a fantastic and fascinating prospect though I just don't think she's um I don't think she's been in the UFC long enough to really know uh how to beat Jessica Andrade here Jessica Andrade is kind of like Bilal Muhammad but better in every single area um, so she can she can do everything right she's got great grappling she's got great submission threats uh, Amanda Lemos is a bit I don't want to say one-dimensional but she's been knocking out a lot of people lately she has been like at first round knockouts yeah. too so yeah. they're really fascinating knockouts but though those may look flashy I would pick Jessica Andrade in this matchup because Jessica Andrade's been in the UFC for way longer I think she debuted in 2000. 13 um amanda lamos debuted in 2018 not as much experience uh jessica Andrade, on the other hand more knockouts more submissions but then again that comes with being in the ufc for longer i think amanda lamos is going to be really good in the future i just don't think she is uh going to win tonight and that's why i have jessica Andrade winning by i'm going to go by knockout round two round, round two knockout jessica Andrade, maybe tko um 
My upset of the night is going to be against uh, Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright is a plus 150 favorite. His opponent is uh, Mark Andre. Oh, I'm going to mess this up. <laughs> Barriot. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm sorry. Google it. You know what I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how they say it in his hometown, is what, how you just pronounced it right there. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was just kidding about being wrong. I'm actually Multicultural boss. genius right here. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> Gordon Wright, he's uh, not bad, I would say, by any means. But his opponent is just a little bit worse. Um, he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's lost about three out of his five UFC fights. Jordan Wright, on the other hand, he's only lost one. Um, and he's considering he's had two fights. But I think Jordan Wright's just a better prospect. He's a better wrestler. He's a better striker. I think Jordan Wright will outclass him in a three-round unanimous decision victory for Jordan Wright. You guys know why? Because that's what the boss says goes. And I definitely butcher that just a tiny bit. Don't rewatch. <laughs> that's the best backhanded compliment I've ever heard in my life. He's not bad as opponents, just a little bit worse. <laughs> okay, people, on to business. Okay, we're, we do serious things here in the MMA Island podcast, as you should know by now. Shame on you if you didn't, but if you don't, now you do. So, pick of the night, who are we going for? Well, we're going for my, my boy, and by extension now, our boy, Dean Barry. Uh, hey, Dean yeah. is, of course, making his UFC debut. Shout out to Sniper Dean Barry, that's my guy. Uh, making his debut against Mike Jackson, the man who may be most famously remembered for one of the worst welterweight fights in history against Mr. CM Punk. Uh, yeah, and he still managed to just about scrape a win out of that, so take out of that what you will. Um, i got to be honest, I think Dean Barry's going to walk this. If you've seen any of his previous fights, you know what I'm on about. Acrobatic striking, pretty much good at everything Mike Jackson just isn't. And there's a reason, I mean, I'm looking at the odds right now for CBS, and Dean Barry is a minus eleven hundred favorite. I'm not. I'm not even going to say anymore because that. You know, what? I'm just going to leave that one where it yeah. is. Yeah. So Dean Barry's the largest favorite favorite. on the card yet, boys. Just letting everyone yeah. know. You know, yeah. our boy Dean Barry, biggest favorite on the card. Let's go watch go. him. Let's go. That's my guy. And so upset of the night. I'm not going to go for the obvious one because I know Jack wants to go for this. So I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave him that Luis Diaz tapping against Man United five minutes in. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, see that. You see what you see what yeah, we do here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave him the little Luis Diaz tapping, and I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Bernardo Silva volley from outside the box against Brighton. I am going to take <laughs> as my upset of the night Montana De La Rosa against Macy Barber. Oh, that's think, a good pick, actually. I, I think there's pick. a little bit of interesting action that could be had yeah. there. Unlike Mike Jackson, I think there's interesting action to be had <laughs> here. And Macy Barber, you might be wondering why I'm betting against Macy. And there's a very good reason for that. And the reason's actually quite simple. She has not been very impressive in her last few fights. Her, moment, her momentum has stagnated quite a bit. And she's edged out a couple of, to put it politely, controversial decisions here and there. And I think at some point, controversial decisions have to stop and they get stopped. And I think they're going to get stopped against Montana De La Rosa. I think she's been very impressive in her last couple of fights, got some very good results. And I think her style of fighting is conducive to a very good result here. I think she's going to go in. I think Macy Barber might be a little bit conservative, a little bit hesitant. And I could see Montana De La Rosa tagging her early on, hurting her, and maybe even putting her away in the first or second round. So just to recap, in case you didn't hear it loudly in the back there of the video, didn't hear it in the back, 
You know what I'm talking about. My pick of the night is, of course, Dean Barry, my boy, our boy, everybody's boy. He will be after this. And my upset of the night is Montana De La Rosa. And gentlemen, do you know why? Do you know why those are the right picks? Why would that be? Because if you want to know who to back, you come to Mystic Mac. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. So. Smooth criminal. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Um. For the exact reason that Hunter is picking Jessica Andrade, I'm going to pick against Jessica Andrade here for the pick of the night. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, Amanda Lemos has been going on a knockout streak. Uh, momentum is everything, I think, in this fight. Uh, Andrade has been at the top level for a very long time. It's a new time, though. Amanda Lemos by knockout. Round three will be my pick of the night prediction. Um, I think it's going to be a good one because both these both these women like like to throw down. Um, Andrade is more well-rounded. However, for the most part, like she goes for slams and stuff. And there's going to be a big height and reach advantage for Amanda Lemos as well in this fight. So, um, I, I, this is actually a legitimate prediction. I'm actually not being contra. Like I usually pick different just to be different, but <laughs> this time I, I I legitimately think Amanda Lemos is going to win this, and uh, I think it's be a solid, you know, main event uh, for this fight night. Um, and she's going to get the win. So that's my pick of the night. For the upset of the night, which we're doing now, um, I'm going to go ahead and, like Keelan said, with his multiple uh, football or soccer references, um, he, yeah, um, I'm going to go Lando Venata over Charles Jordan. Now, this is one that I really – I honestly, I wouldn't compare it to a tap-in because I think this is a very close fight. I think Charles Jordan is the real deal. And this is a fight where both guys – are, are technically unranked, but both guys could be finding ranked guys whenever they're at that level. I'm going to pick Lando just because I think he's a bit more technical and I think he'll just be able to land the better strikes overall. But Charles Jordan is a dog and he will keep going forward and land. So I'm predicting this could be, honestly, this is my fight of the night prediction as well. So this is upset of the night prediction, but this is also my fight of the night prediction if I have one because these guys are going to throw, go at it. I think it's probably going to be a 29-28 to, to Venato or a split decision or something like that. It's going to be close. Um, but I'm going to go Lando over Charles Jordan. And, guys, do you know why that is? Because if you want the facts, you listen to Jack. Boom. Oh, oh I felt that. I felt, uh, I felt there we go. first. There we go. Jack, I like that prediction a lot. Yeah. I just have to say, I, I, I didn't want to bet on that fight because – when I saw Jordan fight in his last fight and I saw him Sparta kick his opponent, I'm like, yeah. I don't want any part to do. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the coolest thing. To end it, too. To end the Sparta fight. kicks him, goes oh. to the crowd, and goes, how about the awesome. you know, I'm right here. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, man, Charles Jordan. That, that fight right there is going to be fight of the night. I hope right. you, everyone tunes in and watches that. There's a few fights you guys need to tune into. Yeah. Though this card may not look great on top, in the middle of it, Looks fantastic. Yeah. Dean Barry, yeah. everyone needs to go watch Dean Barry fight. He's your boy. He's going to kill. Off. And just wait because this is not his natural weight class. So yeah. just make sure and watch out and imagine the things he would do lower. But, uh, you know, we have uh, uh, Jessica Andrade in the main event. That's always going to be pretty fun to watch. Yeah. But um, middle of the card, uh, I think it's the beginning of the main card. Uh, we have uh, Lando Venata versus Charles Jordan, which that is a fight of the night. Everyone knows. And if you don't know, you know now, so make sure to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got some very promising fights in this card when you actually break them down. I mean, Tyson Pedro, Ike Villanueva, I think that's a very good fight. fight. I I I think there's some real power to be thrown in that fight. 
Uh, the Jordan Wright, Mark Andre Barrio fight, I really liked that as well. I think that was a very good shot by Hunter. And yeah, I'm looking at that card. I think there's some really good fights. Manuel Cape and Muda I Jerry got called Sp- off. I, got I, called uh, off. I wouldn't mention that. The fight's one. called off, Keelan. No, no. Oh, shit. That's right. No. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. Cape backed out due to personal reasons. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. You're absolutely correct. He did, didn't they? Well, it would have been a hell of a fight. Um, it's been a long day, guys. Leave me alone. Right? No Hashtag stop Keelan bullying down below. <laughs> no, um, it is a really good card. And if you look at the beginning of the main events, you know, Charles Jordan landed Venata. Unbelievable fight. Like you said, Jack, and you are absolutely correct, Charles Jordan is the real deal. And I certainly don't think that is what's happened for Lando Venata. I think that is a very, very uber competitive fight. Um, Claudio uh, Puelas and Clay Guida, that's a good fight. Don't know if I would co-main it, because Clay hasn't co-mained since 2009, roughly. But it's a good fight. It is a good fight. And we've got Jessica Andraj, Amanda Lemos. That'll tell us something, at least, about that division. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah it, there, there are some promising fights here. I, I don't think, I mean, like, I tell everybody not to miss a fight card because I'm a fan, but there, there are some promising actions to be had here. Yeah, well, let's hope it's a sleeper card. For sure, there are, I would, <laughs> say, I, I would say there's three fights that are, like, worth watching for most oh, yeah. definitely that are going to be on, which is, for me, it's not great, but... Like what we're saying, it's filled with a bunch of fights that have potential to be amazing. So let's hope that happens. And always, as always, thank you everyone so much for listening to the podcast. You can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at MMA.Island and check out our website, MMAIsland.net. Great podcast, guys. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Thank you, guys.